When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. What's going on, everybody? Justin Morgenstein back with you here on another Friday edition of Phillies Today. The Phillies did sign someone this week, believe it or not. But I wouldn't exactly call it the move that everyone is anticipating, uh, signing Colby Allard. Uh, to a one-year deal. Some are saying we're back, but, you know, I'm hoping that's not the last we've heard from Dave Dombrowski this offseason. Definitely still looking to make a move, whether it's pitching depth, bullpen, uh, another right-handed bat, something. But please, Dave, don't let this be the last time we hear from you this offseason. But we will talk about that signing and some more offseason stuff as well. Uh, We'll mix some Hall of Fame stuff in there. But basically, I, I have to start this pod with Reese Hoskins officially heading to Milwaukee. You know, the Twitter timeline made me real sad the other day. I uh, just posted all the Reese nostalgia, so many clips of obviously the bat spike homer, the one against the Padres, or all the ones he hit against the Padres. He had five homers in that series. And uh, yeah, just so many good memories from Reese, uh, starting when he came up in 2017 and gave you some great memories there. But uh, yeah, the Twitter timeline was making me sad with all those videos. And it's funny because. Uh, I was getting for the WIP morning show. I fill in some time for, you know, Joe Wechter when he's out to help with social media, cutting audio, stuff like that. So I was filling in and I had to go to bed early the other night because I have to be up for you know the morning show, like three in the morning. And I woke up to the Hoskin news and that was exactly how I did with Yamamoto as well. Because when the Yamamoto news came out late at night, I was also working the morning show. So I'd fallen asleep. And uh, so it was the same thing. So I'm like, huh, I, I, I Every uh, Major League scoop drops as soon as I go to bed for the morning show. So maybe you know, they got to bring me back more often. But anyway, uh, so I had like three friends text me that night while I was sleeping, which I woke up to. And they were like, you're going to be so sad when you wake up. And Reese is gone because they know I'm a big Reese Hoskins guy because you know, I always loved Reese. Even though, you know, once Harper permanently moved to first, that was probably a done deal that he was gone. But I know he took a lot of crap here for the defense, the streakiness. A batting average, I guess, which is a dumb argument, but he was just an awesome guy, great teammate, uh, somebody that was very easy to root for as a Phillies fan, just really embodied what you wanted in an athlete in the city of Philadelphia, and you know, probably most importantly out of everything, even maybe more important than the postseason moments he had in 2022, he was the first sign of significant life 
for baseball coming back to Philadelphia because he goes on that run the end of 2017 when he comes up. And it's like for the first time, you really feel that the Phillies have some sort of relevance in baseball again. And people start taking notice of a young guy on our baseball team in Philadelphia when for almost a decade at that point, it had just been a lot of nothing. It would have, they were one of the, it was one of the least relevant eras of Phillies baseball that we've ever seen. And there have been many of them. So uh, it made me want to go down to the ballpark at the time. Uh, During that stretch, people started showing up and the love for the Phillies started to grow back uh, up from there. So uh, everyone will, of course, remember the Padres series and the homers he hit in that NLCS, which you know, he very easily could have been MVP of, by the way. he was. I know Bryce ended up winning it just because, obviously, the bedlam, bedlam at the bank homer was the icing on the cake there. But many players may not come here, like Bryce, like McCutcheon in 2019, like JT, even though you know that was a trade. But a lot of those guys may not come if Reese doesn't you know, sort of set that foundation when he comes up that the franchise was turning around a little bit. So... Uh, and this is oh, even including all the stuff you did in the community. You just felt like one of us. And I would personally like to think that Reese Hoskins will be a wall of famer one day. And I know all these 2008 guys have to get in. There will be people that argue that he shouldn't, but I am truly a believer that the Phillies are not what they are in 2024 right now, which is a serious contending baseball team with a great culture, a great locker room, and just a great organization. If it wasn't for, the contributions that Reese's, you know, made over the years. So with that being said, I know there were some talks of, you know, oh, should they try to bring Reese back? Uh, maybe have Schwarber make the move to left field, which, you know, I talked about for a minute last week. No, I think they made the right decision. And look, Reese and Scott Boris, I think, made out really well on this and got Reese a really good contract. It's a two-year, $34 million deal, and uh, which gives him an opt-out after one year as well, which, by the way, is such a classic Milwaukee Brewer contract. Not insanely expensive, but it has upside. You're going to get power on the right-handed side from Reese. Uh, and if he's healthy for a full season, you're going to get your 25 to 30 homers, his 80-plus RBIs, and get on base at a really high clip, which makes him a very valuable player there in Milwaukee. And I know they just got Jake Bowers as well, who was with the Yankees last year. He's a left-handed uh, hitter. Reese obviously being a right-handed hitter. So I'll assume they'll kind of split the DH first base duties. I expect Reese to be in the lineup, though, every day. I don't think that either are very good defensively, but uh, the split makes sense, kind of given what the Brewers usually do, which is try to avoid spending any serious money uh, while, you know, being a pretty competitive team over the last X amount of years. So uh, he'll be a very good fit there, and I expect them to still possibly win that division, even though if I had to pick a winner right now in the NL Central, I'd probably go Cincinnati. Just so much young talent there. I like their young pitchers as well. Uh, Hunter Green, Andrew Abbott, all those guys. And you know, there were some ton of dudes that came up last year for that lineup. L.A. De La Cruz, who I expect to have you know, a much better second year. I know he kind of tailed off towards the end there after the really hot start. Uh, Matt McClain, who's really, really good. Spencer Steer, uh, a lot of these guys. So they got a lot of talent over there in Cincinnati. But I expect the Milwaukee Brewers to be right in the race there. And uh, I think they'll be right around probably the 87, 88 win area. Well, I think the Reds probably take it with about 90 wins. So, uh, and it looks like they're keeping Burns and Adamas from what the latest rumors are. So, uh, and then they have Reese there and they still have a really good bullpen as well. So that is where I'm at on the Brewers and the Reese stuff. Reese, I'll miss you, man. Hate to see you go. I really will. And again, just took so much crap here for no reason sometimes. And is ultimately a guy who's going to put up really good numbers for you every year. And is somebody who's, you know, 
going to be able to contribute on a good baseball team. So good stuff there with Reese. We'll definitely be rooting for him this year, except when he's playing the Phils. So uh, let's transition here a little bit. Talk about a guy the Phils actually signed. Dave Dombrowski answers my prayers. Goes out and, like I asked, like I asked, gets some pitching depth. Not exactly Blake Snell. Not exactly Jordan Montgomery. But they signed Colby Allard. Left-hander. First rounder of the Braves in, like, I think it was 2015. Uh, really t- highly touted out of high school. He came up and then got absolutely rocked and got traded to the Rangers in 2019 in a package for Chris Martin. Then he came back to Atlanta last offseason uh, for Jake Odorizzi, I believe. And uh, he still really has not proven really anything at the big league level at this point. It just feels like an incredibly low-risk project, uh, especially with the contract being a little incentive-based. I think it's like a million-dollar deal with a couple hundred K in incentives there. Uh, I don't know. The only thing is that I, that I've seen that I like out of him is that you know he's in the zone pretty consistently. He has you know, good command of all of his pitches, uh, command of the fastball. I know he throws a curveball, uh, changeup as well. Uh, and I noticed that he throws that changeup only about ten percent. But out of all of them, it looks like it has probably the most upside for all those pitches, given that he only throws it nine to ten percent. And as a lefty, we've seen guys who can use that changeup pretty effectively, especially. When you're able to, you know, have command of the zone with all your other pitches, uh, Ranger Suarez being one, and then you can go all the way back to Cole Hamels. Those are two left-handed guys who, you know, really were able to use that changeup to their advantage with, without being, you know, real high velo guys, which is kind of the profile that uh, fits here with Kobe Allard. But uh, yeah, not comparing them to any of those guys, but you know, maybe they see something. Caleb Cotham sees something. Uh, the development staff sees something that they feel they can you know, unlock out of Colby Allard here and potentially you know, get him going to the minors for a little bit. And then if he comes up and injuries happen, hey, who knows? But really wish I could tell you more about him, but uh, this is what they got. And you know, Dave Dombrowski, again, just doesn't want me to talk about a major move here. He's just waiting for just the right time. Like I, when If they got went out and got Blake Snell or Montgomery right now, like, I would be so excited to do this podcast. I would. I don't even think I could wait until Friday. I would have to come in and record immediately just so I could get my reaction. Just because I have been dying all offseason for a big move after Nola. And it's just, it's all around baseball, though. It's really not just with the Phils. Like, even rumor-wise, like, there were no Reese rumors before he got signed. There wasn't really any connection to Milwaukee. I had told you guys on this pod that I thought the Cubs and the Mariners were probably the two spots that I saw Reese fitting in uh, you know, this offseason. And meanwhile, I hadn't heard nothing about the Milwaukee Brewers. And poof, he just goes there. And seconds later, uh, Philly's legend, Matt Moore, uh, I think goes back to the Angels. I'm pretty sure that's where he's going. But yeah, so it is, it's just been an absolutely rumor-starved uh, postseason. And I am just dying for the floodgates to open. And who knows? I've talked about it before, but I think Blake Snell – reminds me of Nick Castellanos a lot in a way where Castellanos didn't end up signing until like in the spring training and then was pretty highly touted going into that offseason because he had come off a year where he hit over 300. He hit over 30 homers. He hit over 100 RBIs. It was actually in, you know, National League MVP talk. So it is um it's pretty crazy that uh the amount of quiet or just the quietness of this offseason in terms of rumors and actual signings. So Hopefully that floodgate opens soon, and uh, you know we'll be here to talk about it, of course. 
But uh, by the way, speaking of moves, Eagles hired a Phils fan as their defensive coordinator, by the way, which is a win in my book. Uh, there was an article in The Athletic. I just saw it the other day. It was uh, about Vic Fangio, who is the new Eagles defensive coordinator, and how he grew up around here and has been a Phillies fan his whole life. Favorite player to watch growing up was Dick Allen, I believe. And uh, it said that he had been to at least one or two of the playoff games of CBP over the last couple of years, which is pretty cool. So looking forward to seeing our, our guy Vic Fangio down at the ballpark this summer. I'll ask him what he thinks of you know, the value of linebackers or safeties, but who cares about that? I'll ask him what he thinks about, you know, this Phillies team and get a pulse on, you know, what he's feeling. Maybe people will have him on the pod one day, but yeah. Vic, if you ever want to come on here, talk some Phils, be my guest, man. So, uh, Something else I also want to talk about uh, one more time until everyone moves on and kind of wait for next year to bring it back up again is this uh, Hall of Fame stuff. Beltre, almost unanimous. That was no surprise. He was Definitely, and was always getting in on the first ballot. I was definitely a little surprised that Maurer got in on the first ballot. I know he has the career average over 300. He's got the MVP. He's got the Silver Sluggers. But I thought it would maybe take him a few years to get in. But nope. First ballot Hall of Famer. And uh, it is just kind of funny because I think the lure or the lure of, I guess lure, not lure, lure of the Hall of Fame has kind of gone down over the past few years or probably the past decade just because of the steroid era guys and just the kind of gray area that goes along with that like we've Joe Maurer getting in as a first bout Hall of Famer and Joe Maurer terrific player one of the best catchers of my lifetime like do I think he's a Hall of Famer probably but we've guys like Joe Maurer getting in on the first ballot and we have dudes like Barry Bonds Manny Ramirez and A-Rod not getting in something just seems a little weird about that to me and again I know the steroid thing always but even, like, why is Gary Sheffield not getting in then? Didn't he hit a 500 homers? And uh, I know he was connected to steroids for a little bit, but David Ortiz got in. So it's just it's one of those things where it just feels like it's always the writer's choice a little bit. And there are just these preconceived notions that always get held against these guys. But whatever. Congrats to Joe Maurer, first ballot guy. And uh, Todd Helton also gets in as well, which I thought was warranted, uh, despite the whole Coors thing. Todd Helton, I feel like, just hit everywhere he went, not just Coors Field. Like when he's on the road, his numbers are good as well, and uh, he's one of the best left-handed guys in the sport over that you know two early two thousands era where he matched up with the Phils a couple times in the postseason series. So with those Rockies teams, and uh, yeah, so those are the three guys that get in. Phils related takeaways, uh, pretty surprising. Billy Wagner didn't get in. I mentioned on the last pod how sometimes I think the numbers that come in before the official announcement can be a little misleading and don't necessarily mean that you're getting in. And on Billy Wagner, they that was true. He got over 75%, I believe, on the ballots that were turned in early. And the numbers were looking like he was going to get in this year. And he just missed it. He got 73.8% of the vote, which is just five votes short, I believe, of getting to the 75%. Uh, next year, this is last year on the ballot, and I think we'll get in still. Like, if Trevor Hoffman's in and some of these other closes are in, other than you know Mariano, I think Wagner ends up getting in. The career ERA, the strikeout, the longevity, um, you know, it's as good of, as it'll be for a closer that is has, hasn't gotten in that's not Mariano Rivera. So do think Wagner ends up getting in, but was definitely a little surprised that he didn't get in this year. Uh, Chase Utley, he got 28.8%. And from what I've seen, if you get that voting in your first year on the ballot, which was this was Chase's first year, there is a very good chance you will end up in the Hall of Fame one day. So 
to me, Utley is going to have to, you know, try to somehow win over these older voters, I think, because I think a lot of the younger generation kind of appreciates the peak of guys' careers more than the longevity, say. But I'll tell you this. If Chase didn't have the injury issues and the stuff going on with his knee towards the end of his career, I think he is a no-doubt Hall of Famer. But in my opinion, if you are the best at your position in the sport over the course of a solid five- to six-year span like Hartley was and putting the numbers up offensively and you know the defensive metrics as well, that he was able to, you know, get over his career. I think he should be a Hall of Famer. And I know he never won an MVP. I know he doesn't have 3,000 hits. But if you look at that peak that he had, say, between 2005 and 2012, it's really impressive, man. And I think that will end up getting Chase into the Hall of Fame one day. But with J-Roll, he ends up getting 14.8%. We'll stay on the ballot next year, of course. I love Jimmy Rollins as much as anybody. And there are arguments in which you can definitely defend Jimmy Rollins and say that he should be a Hall of Famer. But it wouldn't surprise me if he never got it. Just because of the lack of the power numbers, the slugging numbers in his career. I know he's an OPS plus over 100, or under 100, which probably most important is one of the most important numbers in terms of gauging your overall you know, offensive production during your career is OPS+. Plus. And, uh, he didn't have the true peak longevity that these voters like, kind of similar to Chase, but Jimmy Rollins, an all-time great Philly, he's the hits leader of the franchise, a great, great, great player, probably not a Hall of Famer. So that is where I'm at with the Hall of Fame stuff. We will you know, see next year how Chase, Jimmy, uh, Bobby Abreu in there as well, I forgot to mention. Uh, we'll see how they fare. They'll be all back on the ballot next year. So, uh, yeah, that's a wrap on the Hall of Fame stuff. And uh, something else that I was scrolling through yesterday that I wanted to bring up on the pod is I was looking at MVP odds for next year. Uh, I looked at the lines for the first time. There are definitely some best bets I like. And there are a couple Phillies on there, too, that I want to talk about. So I figured this would be a nice little way to you know wrap up the pod and it just got me care. Like I'm just dying to get to the season already. So every day I'm just looking at this stuff. Like hop on DraftKings today and just see MLB right in the corner. I'm like, let's check on what these odds are looking like right now. So uh, National League wise, according to DraftKings, you have Acuna leading the way to repeat at plus 550. No surprise there. Probably will be the number one pick in fantasy leagues this year if you're a fantasy baseball player as well. I already get thinking about that as well. I'm hyper fantasy baseball, but. Then you have two Dodgers right behind them and Mookie and Otani at plus 650, followed by Fernando Tatis as well as Bryce Harper at plus 1,000. I'm not necessarily in love with the value for Bryce there, but I will say this. It is the first true healthy offseason Bryce Harper has had since he won MVP in 2021, and I definitely expect him to have a big year considering he's at the position he wants as well. He's going to be... Comfortable in terms of, you know, getting off to a good start. He's not, you know, it's not like spring training for a month like it was last year with him essentially, you know, having his spring training at the big league level to because he started, what, late May, which, again, was already ridiculous because you're supposed to come back at, like, the All-Star break. He ends up coming back like two months early. So I think he'll have a great year. But assuming he stays healthy, you know he's good for 30-plus homers, 100 RBI. He's going to get on base at a high clip. If he does those things, has some dramatic moments, the team wins. He'll be in that conversation at the end of the year for sure because we know the type of player Bryce Harper is. It's not shocking that he's going to be among the league leaders in most offensive offensive categories. So 
that is where I'm at with Bryce. I'm really excited to watch him, you know, back doing his thing, especially playing first base every day because it seemed like he really enjoyed playing the position, and it was nice seeing him out there, you know, being active out in the field. And I don't think he liked the DH role as much because he felt less involved with the team, which is why I think that the move to first base is ultimately going to be the best for his career going forward, although maybe the team would have been better with him uh, you know, back in the outfield this year and bringing Reese back, but just wasn't in the cards. And long-term, that just seems like the best fit for Bryce. But uh, then after Bryce, a plus 1,000, you have Freeman, Olsen, Cormac Carroll, plus 1,800, which I think is some value there. And then Trey Turner at plus 2,200. I think Trey is going to get back to being his MVP self this year. He is coming off those last two months where if he put up those numbers over an extended period of time, he legitimately would have been the MVP front runner last year for sure. And I believe that he was, I think, plus 1,200 going into last year. And so I think this line has some really good value there. And I think both Carroll and Trey Turner at those lines uh, being a little steeper than the others, I think there is some value there and wouldn't hesitate maybe to do a little sprinkle on uh, both those guys. So, And I just think especially with Bryce probably hitting behind him from the start of the year, he's going to get pitches to hit as long as he can keep the chase rate down, which was a career high percentage last year. And uh, I think towards the end, he was really able to show some patience and uh, was able to you know, improve upon that towards the end of the regular season in 2023. In the AL, it'll be interesting also. I mean, yeah, two Yankees at the top of the leaderboard with Judge at plus 550 and Soto at plus 600. Feels like I keep forgetting Soto's a Yankee, which is, you know, they're, they're going to be good, man. I think that offense is going to be much improved. But uh, that is followed by Jordan Alvarez, Corey Seager, J-Rod to round out the top five. But one guy, I will say, who I saw down on that list a little, who could have some value, is Bo Bichette at plus 3,000. And I feel like Bo is a guy who has the potential just to put up these crazy offensive numbers. And with Otani out of the American League, and, well, he won't be pitching this year, so that's a factor as well. But with Otani out of the American League, it kind of feels a little wide open. And uh, a lot of it, I know Judge is the favorite, but a lot depends on his health. Uh, he's going to be hard to beat if he's healthy for sure. Uh, and in fact, I'm looking at it now, but Bichette and Jose Ramirez are both plus 3,000, which is sneaky value for a couple guys over there in the American League. And uh, Jose Ramirez has been in the, you know, right in the thick of the MVP talks many of, I feel like at least a couple of years. So uh, wouldn't be shocked if either of those guys, you know, pulled off a little bit of an upset there and uh, took MVP. But yeah, that's where that's where those MVP lines are at. And uh, in terms of the Phils winning the World Series, it's plus 1,400, which is kind of similar to what it was last year as well. I think they were plus 1,200 going into the year last year. And I assume that if they make one more big move, that could obviously change. But it's what you expect it would be. The Dodgers are the, the clear favorite, plus 360 to win the World Series. Braves followed them up at plus 500. The Astros are plus 800. Yankees plus 900. Texas Rangers to repeat at plus 1,100. And then the Phils at plus 1,400. So, interesting stuff there. And I always like kind of gauging where Vegas' head's at before the season gets going to. Just see what they're thinking, what, what they're up to. So, that is where we're at with the big Vegas betting lines. And with that, that's going to wrap up this edition of Phillies Today. And we are getting closer and closer to spring training. I was talking about on the radio uh, just last night, and I didn't even realize that it's Oh, what, less than 20 days away now until pitchers and catchers report? I believe it's like February 14th for the Phillies that pitchers and catchers head down to clear water. So I cannot wait to start talking about some actual baseball and like on a random weekday have a 
random Grapefruit League game that I can watch and you know, be able to give some takeaways from. So I am dying to watch some Phillies baseball. So that's going to be awesome. We have under a month. Really exciting. So just get me there. Just just, just get me there. And while you're at it, Dave Dombrowski, maybe make a move we can talk about. That's, I would love nothing more than to just put everything down that I have going on during the course of a day and be able to get my notepad and start jotting out my notes for Phillies today and get ready to talk uh, some Phils with you guys. So, Dave, let's make it happen, man. <laughs> so, let's do it. For Phillies 24-7, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today. This has been Justin Morgenstein, and uh, we'll be back to talk next week. See ya. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 